0: Welcome to So Sorry for Your Loss, a podcast about grief and loss and the laughter and growth that you can have along the way. I'm your host, Gianna DiMedio. Hello to all my listeners. I just want to take a minute at the top of this episode Say Thank you so much for all of your support. I love connecting with all of you. I love hearing how these episodes help you or what you learn from them. I really have just been blown away by some of the messages that I get, um, especially so many in response to the last episode about the loss of Kobe Bryant. I mean, I literally threw that together in one afternoon because I felt really compelled to address the issue, seeing as to how this podcast is about loss. And I was nervous about doing that because I've learned about myself that I can be a debilitating perfectionist. Um, but that episode wasn't super produced. There wasn't any flair. You know, I just kind of threw it together. And you guys loved it. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, my, my boss at my day job definitely recognizes that quality in me uh, about being a perfectionist sometimes. And will often say, don't think too hard. Just." do it. And it's so necessary. So I will try to do episodes like that more often, but I can't make any promises because like I said, the perfectionism can be a little debilitating, but we'll see. But I want to hear from you guys. Are there topics that you want me to cover? Are there people you suggest for an interview? Let me hear it. Message me on Instagram at gianna.de. In today's episode, we talk about important elements of the funeral, the eulogy, and the fashion. But before we get to it, I do want to mention Rent the Runway. I'm an ambassador for Rent the Runway. Use my code RTRGianna for $100 off of the unlimited membership. Some of you might be thinking, "Um, hi, like, what does this have to do with grief? Well, I'll tell you, I am so in love with this company because of all the ways that they have helped me through my grief. For my dad's funeral, I wanted to feel comfortable, I wanted to look like royalty, and then I never wanted to see that dress ever again. I didn't want it hanging in my closet, I didn't want it reminding me of the day that I had last worn it. So renting a dress was the perfect option. And plus, who the hell has time or energy to go shop for something when you're drowning in tears and Xanax, huh? I mean, not me, that's for sure. So my best friend called Rent the Runway, told them what was going on, and they really jumped into action. They went into my profile, saw the styles that I liked, saw my size, and immediately shipped out two dresses as options for my dad's funeral. They were both awesome. One was exactly what I was picturing. And I'll tell you, I felt like Kate Middleton that day. This was the most important day of my life to date. I was about to stand in front of hundreds of people as they came to pay their respects for my dads. And I just wanted to feel good. I wanted to look good. I know that sounds shallow, but I mean, you're already feeling so awful. And I really felt as good as I think I could have thanks to this beautiful designer dress that was sent to me with barely any effort on my part. Moving on from the funeral, Rent the Runway Unlimited membership helped keep my wardrobe fresh and stylish and made me feel good about myself during the worst days of my life. With Unlimited, you have three to five items that you can have at one time and rotate them out however you want. They have dresses, sweatshirts, purses, jewelry, outerwear, literally everything. And I could shop from my bed or my couch, places where I spent a lot of time in my immediate grief. And trying all of these cute styles really just gave me something to look forward to. So I absolutely love it. I highly recommend Rent the Runway to anybody, whether you're going through a tough time and you're looking to simplify things in your life a little bit, or you're just always looking for new styles. Like I said, I'm an ambassador, so use my code RTRGianna for $100 off of your month of Unlimited. That's R-T-R-G-I-A-N-N-A. Okay, now to my guest for this episode, Michelle Chica Onda. Is that not the most fun last name? Like, Chica Chica. I love it. Michelle Chica Onda lost her father, Matthews, in October of 2018 after a multi year battle with colorectal cancer. Michelle lives in Philadelphia, but her family is from the African country of Malawi, where her father was a public figure. So she experienced a a huge mix of cultural expectations around her father's passing. I thought planning a funeral in a few days was intense. But what Michelle had to deal with was a crazy amount of logistics doing this from two different countries. Wait till you hear what she went through. But she's also an incredible writer. She's been published by multiple organizations, um, one of which was her eulogy to her father actually got published, which is really cool. So we'll talk about that with her. And stay tuned till the end of the episode, because I found a few examples of where fashion really takes over at funerals and people throw themed funerals for their loved ones. So, yeah, wait till we hear that. But first, Michelle Chicaonda.
1: (laughs) So, this is dad. He's constantly living between two places. He died at 8.45 p.m. on October 29th. But in Malawi, that was 5.45 a.m. on the morning of October 30th. And so in Malawi, the death anniversary is the 30th for those of us, the six of us who were in the room, it's the 29th. And so he like straddles these two. That's so
0: interesting. I never thought of it that way that it could, yeah, it could straddle two different times and
1: and countries. And yeah, Yeah. well,
0: he had an impact in in both places, it seems like too. So right because he passed away in California where he was getting treatment at the time. He was getting
1: treatment. And and how
0: long was that? How long was he in treatment? That
1: was, it was a year and
0: a half, I'll say.
1: Um, A little over a year and a half.
0: And where were you during this time? Uh, Philadelphia okay yeah
1: I've been in Philly since 2000 or back in Philly since 2011 so, okay yeah so
0: a lot of cross-country travel for you during that time
1: yeah I used to jokingly call it the cancer commute uh-huh. um, <laughs> because, because and it was I mean I had it down to a T how often would you do that Um, in the first year, it wasn't that often. I did that trip five times. Okay.
0: Yeah. Modern Loss, which is one of the outlets that you've written for. I -hmm. love them. I think they're fantastic and I love what they're doing. And they were one of the first, um, organizations or, you know, outlets that I had found when I was going through this Mm -hmm. and found them extremely helpful. They had just posted something recently that says death has no rules or etiquette. So why should a funeral? And I absolutely love that. I think that is something that really should be brought into this whole conversation a little bit more. There's so much formality to it and it doesn't need to be that way. Mm -hmm. But to go back, we'll talk a little bit more about that later. But to go to the article that you wrote there, my father's death changed the way I think about time. And you talk about Chica Onda time. Yes. I couldn't believe that you said (laughs) that because we have simon time yeah and my husband's family yeah. it's yes. literally everyone's like oh it's simon time yeah. you know we don't know what yeah. time they're gonna show up but it's the same thing and there were so many similarities between your father and my mother-in-law yeah and you said
1: that he was late to his own funeral yeah, he was late to his own. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's my it. re, it's my re re um retelling the story to you know, because because it's true. I'm like dad was late to his own funeral. I can't believe this. Um, but I but love yes, that you're able if, you know, to, yeah. to look
0: at it. You know, as as a joke, and it's funny, and yeah. oh, that was so him. And but so yeah, tell us a little bit about that story. So
1: yeah, we so dad was scheduled to leave um, on Monday, November twelfth, and from California, from California from California to go yes, to Malawi to go to Malawi for
0: the the formal for the, for the funeral funeral and, and everything okay, like that and the formal burial.
1: Yes, it takes three days for the for how this. The, the airline that we chose, we chose Delta Airlines, um, you know, they give you a few options, but Delta were the ones that could get him there quickest. And like they turned out to take fantastic care of him and of our family. But the funeral home, um, these are one of the things they don't tell you about um, shipments, as they as they call, and especially international shipments. If it's a if the total package, there's a you know body casket and air crate weighs more than 500 pounds, you have to inform the airline in advance. Um, That way pretty much that they know like where to put it in the plane or how to securely strap it down So like Mm -hmm. the plane isn't like listing on its way up. Mm -hmm. The funeral home didn't do that. I had already left I had flown back to Philadelphia. I was sitting at my gate in at the airport in Philadelphia. That particular flight is Always or at least as long as I've been flying it. It's an hour or two delayed coming from London Mm -hmm. and so it's usually about an hour delayed leaving Philadelphia Otherwise, I should have been on the plane. When I got the phone call from the funeral home, saying that the airport had rejected, had said they couldn't travel with Dad because he was over five hundred pounds, like the whole right, the whole package. And so they brought him right back from LAX to La Melinda, which is a two-hour journey, oh you know. My and so. Funeral home was really slick about it because I was like, I told you that I was here in Philly. Why did you call me? And they knew, I know why they called me because they didn't want to talk to her. Right. And have her hear her (laughs) crying on the phone, which is exactly what happened. Mm -hmm. And so I was infuriated at the time. I mean, I was like, i was looking up like casket weight i was like how could they do this and i looked up the exact casket type and i called the casket maker to confirm what the weight was and i looked up how all much things you probably weighed.
0: never thought you'd have to do in your life like, that's, too right that's it's why like, we're
1: paying the funeral home like several thousand right. dollars like i'm paying you to worry about this so we don't have to and now and now my mom is really my mom's really upset we're all really upset we called the people in malawi of course we're like okay the funeral now has to be moved to to begin on sunday you know, um, it all... Was that a logistics nightmare to have to redo all of that? You know, so somewhat. So in Malawi, unfortunately, because we have so many funerals, people are used to the cadence of it. So it's, if if a funeral date changes, provided it's a few days in advance, people can roll with it. But like, we're not quite printing programs and like, you know, booking a place. Because right, f- okay. So it was, it was some of that, but like, you know, Malawi is pretty small and like, you know, dad was... Was well connected, and like you know, and I have, I really do have to say that that everyone colluded in a positive way to make sure that whenever it happened, it was going to happen and it was going to happen well mm-hmm. and exactly the manner that he deserved, you know. That's so nice, but yeah. Late for his own funeral, <laughs> so, yeah. So, how,
0: what was the delay? How long did it end up? It ended being? up
1: being uh, just two days, okay, and that was. I will be honest. So that's like fashionably uh, late. Fashionably late.
0: Well, power to you and your family for doing that. I mean, I could barely even wash my face during that period of time. I don't know how you worked with multiple different airlines in different countries to get that done. And
1: we, I I like to say that like, I should ask my brother and sister if this is how they feel they're wired. But I know I'm, I believe I'm wired like my dad, which is like, go into autopilot mode. Do everything now and like lose my shit later. Mm -hmm. And so in a time of crisis i'm like hyper focused and hyper organized Mm -hmm. and then like completely break down at some point in yeah in the future and i think that's what happened because i look back now i'm like wow i did a really good job (laughs) like you know but like at the time it felt like everything is messy and awful but like dad kept us really shielded you know from funerals he didn't he didn't like us going to anything associated with death at all actually Mm, you know and he was like you know it can be sort of draining you know i understand it's a great it's great ritual like you know you bring people together but you know it can also be very emotional do you feel like he had that type
0: of mindset towards death itself or maybe just towards this ceremony i think death itself
1: and i say that because we never talked about the fact that he that he was dying and you can see him even struggling using that word right oh i because i'm thinking you know (laughs) Um, I'm the same way. I always say I'm like I can't even say the D word. Yeah, can't even, I, I was about to say the D word. Yeah, yeah. I may, you know? I like
0: fluff it up. I'm like he passed away. Yes, I can't. Yeah, no, I, know. I I realize he's, he's no longer with us. Right, right. When he left, <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah, you I know? laugh at myself because I know how ridiculous it is, but I yeah. can't. It's like you did just now. It's like yeah. I I struggle to get that word out.
1: Often. Yeah, yeah. But when we never talked about it, the closest we ever got. Dad had his first real medical crisis of his treatment. I. Emailed my boss. It was 5:30 in the morning, and I said, "Don't think I'm coming in today, and I don't know when I'll be back." That's the first time that I think Dad realized he might die. Until then, he'd been really responsive to treatment, and like, you know, um, the surgery went really well, and like the chemo went. The only reason why they operated is because chemo went so absurdly well. They were like, "Oh, the tumor's shrunk enough that we can actually operate." I mm-hmm. think that's the time that begins to be the time when I think he understood that this might not end the way he was planning and you
0: say you think that like did he ever show that to you did he ever start these
1: conversations with you did you talk about
0: the end did you talk about what he wanted his funeral to be
1: like oh no oh (laughs) so apparently in malawi culture like it's seen as that if you talk about those things it's seen as bringing it on yeah um so we definitely didn't talk about the funeral or anything like that the closest i got to, to was talking about what his advanced directives mm-hmm. were about power of attorney in retrospect i recognize now that it would have been really tough to ask him to be any other way mm-hmm. his whole life had been about like i decide my reality mm-hmm. i focus on what i want and when i focus on what i want i get it so if i focus on death then i'm gonna get death mm-hmm. so i need to focus on life you well, know. he
0: certainly seemed to be a very focused person. Yeah. I so transitioning to another article yeah. that you wrote yeah. for the medium, um, the things Dad used to say, which essentially was the eulogy because that e- you yes. did. Yeah, I I thought it was absolutely beautiful. Oh, thank you. I'll, I'll link <laughs> to it. it on the site yeah, um, for listeners you. that that want to read it. I found it super interesting for a number of reasons. One of which I thought your writing very much made me feel like I knew this man. Yeah, and in terms of. Um, him getting what he wanted and being very yeah. focused. I yeah. love that you said like he would bring you in, you yeah. and your siblings, to sit down before yeah. you left for college or for school, <laughs> yeah. and say, yeah. "Here's a spreadsheet. I just want to show you how much money I'm spending yeah. and why I expect you to study well." Yeah. And you know that really yeah. left an impression on you. And I, I thought it was such a uh, you know a, a very dad like yeah. way to <laughs> handle dad. it. Yeah. yeah. So that was one end of it. I guess I could I could get that he was a very Like a a stern and like held himself um, very like official or or formally, I would say. Yeah, he was very yeah. But he was kind of soft. Yeah, and I my favorite part was when you talked about him cutting fruit. Yeah, and. I thought that was a, a good analogy, too, and kind of like, you know, maybe yeah. some fruits have a harder exterior, but on the inside, yeah. Yeah. they're soft. And you said that he would he would cut it for for you and your siblings and yeah. that he would take out the bad pieces. And like All he was yeah. very much wanted to make it the best piece of fruit that he could yeah. for his children. And it, it seemed time. that was so much of him that he only wanted the best for you guys. Yeah. And maybe sometimes yeah. it was a little... A little he harsh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, on how he did that, yeah. but he seemed like a wonderful man. Yeah. So the eulogy, how how long did it take you to write that? Is it something that you kind of had in your head and in, in the days you know, that it got a little closer to his death, or did you really not stop and or not you know, s- sit down to think about it until it happened?
1: I didn't think about it until it happened, and like you know, it was. It's it's a question like like didn't either. though? Right? So as a writer you're always you know so when you're the writer in the family there's no like pulling straws as to who writes the eulogy like it, it's you and yeah, I, um, I've done
0: four. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so wow. well, I always so get, you, that, straw you as well. get <laughs> that
1: straw as well. So you <laughs> intimately understand it. So I started the eulogy maybe on the Thursday or the Friday. Once we figured out okay we're not going back to Malawi until like the Monday. I I enjoyed writing it. I found myself laughing through all of it. I Sent it to my family, like mom and mom's sister brother, and they suggested some changes. You know, my my brother specifically said he said, you know, this is great, ma'am, but you make dad sound like a hard ass. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, you didn't you didn't get hard ass dad? No, is it just me? <laughs> just, oh God, just this, me? It's one you, of those. <laughs> God, you know, so funny. And I was like, I was like I was like, was this not? You know, but then it's this interesting <laughs> thing, too. Like, a separate facet You're like, of, Did of you grieving. Meet dad? <laughs> but, like, separate facet of grieving where you realize that, where you understand that you actually all might have had different parents. Yeah. I'm the firstborn, right? You know, he's the only boy, and my sister is the baby. And so, there's different ways in which each of us, when dad, had different relationships with us, you know? And so, to bring that back, like, you know, to the question you asked at the start is about, like, had I been thinking about this? I had been thinking a lot about, how would I have wanted dad to conclude his life? Like what kinds of things would I have imagined him saying to say goodbye, right? Or to at least, I wouldn't say tie it all up. I mean, it's it's a whole life, like what do you do, you know? Um, But how would I have imagined him doing that? And so I think I can say that probably I was pre-thinking and pre-writing
0: um, I I definitely commend your writing and the way that you were able to do it. Yeah. It's one of those things where I look back at I was just so shell shocked. Yeah. That. Yeah. I I mean I think mine was only like a page. Yeah. And I I I really spoke more to what we were going through at that time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like I and I your title really resonated with me. The things Dad used to say because my dad had a lot of catchphrases himself. Yeah. And yeah. I. <laughs> you basically formed the eulogy around those things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And one of them is he would always joke you, you know, would sit down at a, a table and be like, "Well, I guess you're wondering what I called Giselle here for?" <laughs> and I said that yeah. in the, at, the, Philly, at the Philly phrasing Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I said that as in the uh in the church for the eulogy and and then I, you know, as if it was him and then I said, "Yeah, I really am wondering why we're here. Like, why did this happen? Yeah. So it was mostly just about, you know, in that moment and this is too soon. And but, Mm -hmm. you know, we'll remember him and blah, blah, blah. I didn't go back and talk about this was my dad. This is who he was. This is the kind of father that he was. These are these amazing memories that me and my family have. I like couldn't even do that. No. So yeah. it, as I was reading your story, I thought to myself, wow, I wish I could have done something like this, like yeah. really given people more of a an understanding of who he was. Yeah. And then I like said to myself, dude, you're doing that now. Yeah, <laughs> you know? no, really. like, yeah. I no. think so yeah. sorry for your loss has kind of become yeah. this long eulogy to my dad I talk so much about him and and who he was and how I've become the way that I am now in in my grief journey just learning from his grief Mm -hmm, too mm -hmm. so you had said about the eulogy that there's a video Mm -hmm. that you was taken of the speech that you had given um, but you hadn't quite watched it yet when you had published this on medium have you watched it since yes
1: yeah um and it's not the complete speech I need to write to you know uh, my cousin who runs a TV station who does I think she she says she still still has it I just haven't you're right I haven't gotten it in yet to to ask her yeah
0: we are gonna talk about next about yeah. fashion you know there are no rules to any of this no, and no. you do a eulogy however you want to do it yeah. you do your fashion in terms mm-hmm. of the funeral and mourning however you want to do it yeah culturally obviously black has always been something that has mm-hmm. been associated with death yeah. and with grief you know in my family at least for italians that yeah. was the same thing that yeah. the, the widows are supposed to wear black for a year yes and then yeah. um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. malawi you say is similar that it was supposed to be a month of
1: black a month so at least a month for everyone close my mother wore black for six months so our funerals are um two to three days mm-hmm. you know and so um, you need an outfit for every day of the funeral i wonder what the people in the the particular macy's uh, dressing room thought because it was armfuls of black dresses to try no. on and um mom was basically vetting them yes no yes yeah. no no definitely not i was like what about this like cute black jumpsuit she was like no and i was like <laughs> dad would have let me wear pants so <laughs> i didn't say that at all <laughs> you were never too old to get grounded so i was <laughs> but um but um I joke about the dressing room conflict but the real deal was I was like mom like I still want to feel good in what I'm wearing and right I mean, like I'm not just gonna wear something for the sake of wearing it I it's still already feel good in an
0: incredibly yeah. uncomfortable time yeah that you need to feel as much you and comfortable yes. and that you're portraying that version of yourself that you want that yeah, day exactly
1: you know and so I think that's really important and like honestly like I looked up uh, John McCain's funeral was earlier that summer. You know, he was diagnosed like shortly after dad and died a little bit before him. And like, I looked at what Meghan McCain wore and like, yeah, That's so like I was, I was like looking, to, you know, taking in for, like funeral fashion stuff from, you know, Aretha Franklin's funeral was. Uh, the same month as John McCain's. And so then I was looking at, you know, the Fantasia Barino, what does she wear? And Jennifer Hudson, what does she wear? And, you know, I mean Bill Clinton made a joke about that. That, you know, he mostly came to the funeral to see what she's wearing one more time.
0: Oh, I didn't he stuck hear the, that. Yeah, he
1: stuck the landing. I mean it was it was you know, you could see, it was one of those lead ups where you were like, Is he gonna do it? Like, you know, and he <laughs> and he did. And he and it was and it was and people cracked up where he was just like, She was always so fabulous. I just wanted yeah. to see what she's wearing here one more time. Yeah. Yeah, I was yeah oddly like looking to see okay like funeral fashion for everybody else like you know and how would I what would I wear yeah you know like and I think you know being particularly conscious too that dad uh, was a public figure I have the memory of just like just trying to follow the script yeah and this is what you talk about there's no right and wrong way to do it but in in Malawi there kind of is yeah and at least at this especially funeral.
0: for a public figure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, that there's very much like, this is what, this is what you need to do now. And I had this feeling of like, you know, I hate feeling like I'm behind the curve. I didn't know. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what was going on. And like, the one person I would have asked, his Dad, of course, like obviously wasn't there to ask.
0: There's so much pressure, I think, on it that it has to be perfect. And yeah. even if it's not, like nobody's gonna look a- away and be like, "Oh my gosh, did you see what Michelle did at the funeral?" You know yeah, what I mean? No. Michelle didn't greet somebody that way. Like yeah. it yeah. doesn't matter. But it's like it's their final. It's it's the final event that you have for them yeah for exactly. your loved one and you just yeah. want it to be perfect and there is all this pressure and yeah so even as much as we talk about it like not having special etiquette like there is there is that pressure there to is. work around yeah yeah so in, in another article you wrote for anti-heroine chic called morning clothes i love mm-hmm. that title and yeah. morning as in you know morning yeah. a loss of somebody yeah. not mm-hmm. the morning time you talk about coming back to America and basically wanting to throw all of your black clothing out of a window and switch to (laughs) brightly colored floral patterns. Do you think, and I I was thinking about this as I was reading, I wonder if it was kind of your way of saying like, I was basically just told what to do for that entire period of it being a a very formal process because of your father being a public figure, because of it being associated with the government that you were just like, now I'm doing this my way? Yeah,
1: I actually definitely think so. Mm -hmm. Because I do know that like, by the time of week three at home, I was feeling stifled, you know? And like, I was like, no, I'm not done crying for him. But like- I'm also trying to stay sane I just need a minute. Yeah. I need a minute. I just like, it was a way of needing a minute. Like, I was like, let me go back to Philly, get back into my own life. Like putting myself back into the morning narrative, you know? Um at home mom is anafedwa which means the one who was died on culturally she was anafedwa i am also (laughs) i am also that i got died on too you know um and all of us did me my brother and sister and i love that i got died on yeah no yeah (laughs) i love that (laughs) yes yeah you know um like i got left you know i got left behind the one who's got left behind or or died and then left uh
0: i'm so sad i'm just learning this now because there are so many times i would have been like listen I got, I got died, died on. on, so if you <laughs> yes, could
1: just yes. stop. If you just stop right now. <laughs> and, like, it's interesting. Like, I, I think a lot, especially as a writer, like, the language that you have and how that shapes your ability to grieve, mm-hmm. you know, and, like, so that word anafid was really powerful. So let's but, talk yeah.
0: about also you said you had these pair of blue-green converses that yes. you almost
1: threw out because yeah. they
0: reminded you of the burial site. Is that what it was? Um,
1: they were the converses I was wearing when he died. Oh, okay. And so um in an earlier essay I wrote, like or, or published at the end of 2017, I talk about sort of like my um my own like fashion uniform, I call it, um, which has always been um, a a dress, a scarf, and a pair of converses. The day that he died, I was wearing the the metallic blue converses. I had bought those earlier in the year um be- because of the eagles oh because we you know they <laughs> super bowl you know oh and i'm so, aware yes oh yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> aren't we all the city wasn't a year-long bender <laughs> um and so but yeah so the metallic is i i wanted to get rid of them and then i kept them and then i couldn't stop wearing them and it was like it, it was a way i recognize in in retrospect of like putting my grief on for the day, you know mm. um the earrings for a long time, I cycled through the only three sets of earrings. the ones I'm wearing now actually these are from day two, I want to say of the funeral. okay um and there were three sets because you know three days and I just cycled through those three. didn't change like cycle cycle through and then gradually it became earrings that dad had gifted me and mm. then it became earrings that like had a memory associated with dad. so it yeah. became more and more expansive, right. Until I got to a year, and there was a day when I wore something, and realized I was like, "Huh, I this doesn't have a. It's just something that is in my closet. Yeah, it doesn't have a, a a a dad reverberation of any kind, you know. Um, and that was when I that was about the time when I wrote the essay. Like, you know, because
0: the line that you said here, I thought was beautiful. My grief no longer needs to be performed because as long as I am alive, it is always here yeah so it's not that i need to yeah. be saying i need to wear these earrings to remind exactly. me of dad it is something that is always inherently
1: it, in you it's always it's always it's always there mm-hmm. and so you don't that's ex- exactly it like there's no need to in your way like shout it to the rooftops right and there's no like you know need to like black armband black you know black dresses or just like reminding myself you know because every morning i wake up i will miss him and I and i do miss him there's no forgetting that you are bereaved but another way to look at it too i
0: think maybe you're growing with your grief yeah so that you they you were almost using these pieces as like security blankets yeah and like, I need these memories because yeah.
1: I want to think about him today yeah.
0: until you got comfortable and to a yeah. point of. That's,
1: that's a really interesting way of thinking about it. That I you can didn't think need it about anymore. him
0: at my own time or, yeah. or on my own way. I don't yeah. have to have a, a piece yeah. of jewelry or something associated with it.
1: Yeah. You don't need that comfort anymore. Of like, yeah. literally like still like holding on to him in a way. Right. You know, yeah. like as long as like his essence is in those pieces, you're holding on to it. And then you, you're just gradually letting it go.
0: You Any know? other thoughts about funeral fashion? Funeral fashion.
1: Um, my friend, whose mother died recently, when I got to the funeral, I noticed you know she was wearing a colorful scarf, and I noticed the men there like there it wasn't that it wasn't just her wearing colorful scarves; it was a lot of the men too. And then halfway through, I realized. Oh, they were all wearing scarves from her closet.
0: Oh. You know? And that's
1: why it was like you'd see a man in a in a otherwise dark suit and then like a bright pink scarf, you know? And that's I was fun. like that's an interesting fashion, you know, choice, but no, like all of them were wearing her scarves as a tribute as a tribute to her. I think that that's so, you know, and I think what was striking to me about that if you were anybody who's like choosing to go and like really be there and support your friend, let, you know, a friend and family that way, like it's a warm yeah, space anyways. But now when you see that, you know, um, and you especially see that, you know, especially for the men for whom it might've, it was particularly like mismatched with everything else they were wearing. You're yeah. like, and you did that anyways. Like, you know, you didn't That's say, so no, cool. I'm not doing this. Yeah. It, there's, some, there's, there's There was a power in that really. And then also a recognition of the universality of, of those of like massive life event fashion, mm-hmm. right? You know, that it mm-hmm. was again locating family colors just in Malawi, but I was like, no, we have it in have it in the US too. Yeah. There's family colors here. This story you is know? reminding
0: me we actually did have a little bit of funeral fashion um going on at my dad's. Not so much in in adding something like yeah. your friends family did with the scarves. We yeah. took away something. My dad hated ties. Hated them, oh. hated them hated them hated <laughs> oh, yeah. them it would be the kind of thing where yeah. like i'd be like hey how was your day and he's like well i had to wear a tie today so that should tell you everything like <laughs> he hated them yeah. so it felt so wrong to put him in a suit yeah. in his uh, in, in the casket but so he i mean he, he would dress up he would wear suits yeah. uh-huh. but we didn't make it very formal we didn't have him wear a tie and yeah. so you know so he had the the top button undone in his shirt yep and all of the the men in the family didn't wear ties Wow. Whereas, you yeah, know, it you took, it would yes. seem like, oh, like you're not dressed up enough, like why aren't you dressed but up for this once funeral. You understood but, that. right, yes. And it was funny for my grandmother's funeral about 9 months after my cousin called me and was like, "Hey, are we wearing ties for this?" And I was like, "What? Like, yes, of course we're wearing ties. Like, <laughs> mama would smack you if yeah, you didn't no, come with exactly. a, not wearing a tie." Yeah. But then I realized yeah. I was like, "Oh, right, yeah, cuz we didn't for for my dad's yeah. funeral. So I want to end on a little bit of a fun note. Yeah. I, I did some research, and mm-hmm. it turns out that there are themed funerals that exist. Oh, and I... they can get a bit unusual. Yeah. So here are a few that I found. Yeah. One is a Star Wars theme. Are you a Star well, Wars fan? No. I've never watched, I need
1: a, like, not one of okay, them. Okay, so now there's two of us. Okay, yeah. Otherwise <laughs> You're the I'm only like, other person I, in the I planet. I'm so misplaced yeah. in America right now. Yeah, no, I've never yeah.
0: seen one of them. But, like, I get it. I know the
1: cultural references. Yeah. Like, yeah. there's
0: Princess Leia. There's Yoda. Yeah, there, there's, C-3PO,
1: right? Right. Like, there's and, all those, and
0: people yeah. that do love it, like, yeah. really love it. So this, yeah. like, makes sense to me. But <laughs> his family felt that he would have wanted to be ushered off by imperial forces, so wow. yeah so this man from scotland had his pallbearers dressed as stormtroopers wow. and darth vader to lead the procession
1: that's wild <laughs> cool, <though?
0: laughs> that's but like i wild. also like wonder what that would look like yeah Just a bunch of stormtroopers
1: i know i would, I would off probably casket. started laughing like even if i even like so inappropriate and yeah but it's I one of those things yeah. like to know
0: the person yeah. you're like this makes total this sense makes, and this yeah. is great for him yeah that's awesome um, another one, a Christmas themed funeral. Uh, oh. one man took the idea to the extreme with a Christmas themed funeral complete with reindeer and a manger filled with barnyard animals. Wow. The deceased was dressed in full Santa regalia. Oh, wow. And propped up on a chair like he was going to sit for photographs at a mall.
1: Oh, wow. I had read one of the news story where that happened, like where it was a young man who was propped up playing video games because that's what he loved to do the most. Get out. And I saw this, I saw, it was a news story about like, and he was, they had positioned him and they put sunglasses to cover his eyes, you know? Yeah, Um, that's really taking it to the extreme. Yeah, but like, this is a second now. Yeah. He was propped up as though he was sitting at the mall as Santa.
0: I didn't realize people actually really did that. So now you heard of the second one. I now the second
1: one. Okay.
0: Uh, we also have an Olympics themed funeral. Yeah. There was a person who was a medal, gold medal winning sprinter for the U.S. relay team at the 1968 Olympic Games in Me- Mexico City. Yeah. So mm-hmm. when he passed away, Uh, His family gave him a proper Olympic theme send-off. His casket was propped up. Here are more people getting propped up. His casket was propped up on a metal stand and a replica gold medal was printed onto the casket Mm -hmm. and an Olympic torch also stood vigil over the ceremony. Wow. So that's nice. You know, a way to honor something that was very special about that person's life. So again, something that if it was just your average Joe, you would find it a little strange, but it makes sense for them. Uh, This one, Pittsburgh Steelers theme. (laughs) <laughs> which you know just sub this heading out with philadelphia eagles and oh, probably yeah. somebody's Deere. listening who's yeah. been to a philadelphia eagles themed funeral yeah. <laughs> so it says what could be better for a diehard pittsburgh steelers fan than to spend eternity kickback on a lazy boy draped in a steelers blanket and watching his favorite team on tv wow. Uh i admire the commitment this person got his his wish thanks to his family they they carefully recreated a typical game day routine for him so that was just laying on his lazy boy with his wow pittsburgh Steelers blanket
1: that's really (laughs) that's actually really sweet right so
0: you know I, i guess it goes way deeper than we think there's probably a lot more of it out there in the world but yeah People don't like to talk about death. People don't like to talk about no. funerals. So this is what we're trying to do and bring this conversation out. And Michelle, I can't thank you enough for being here.
1: Thank you for having me. I loved this conversation. Yeah, this and, is a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, good. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much.
1: No, and really, thank you. And I look forward to continuing following this. This is this is incredible, necessary work in the Yay! world. I can't thank tell you thank you so enough. much. Yeah.
0: Thanks for listening to So Sorry for Your Loss. Connect with me on Instagram at gianna.de. Or you can find it on the site, www.gianadimedio.com. Be sure to try Rent the Runway using my code RTRGianna for $100 off. Subscribe on your favorite podcast player to keep up with me and never miss an episode. Reach out. Let me know what you want to hear. I could do this podcast every day for five years and there would still be more to talk about with grief and loss. So let me hear it. Thanks to my guest, Michelle Chica Onda. I've linked to her writing in the show notes, so check her out. She's a fantastic writer. Again, thanks for all the support. You guys really are the best. Don't know what I would do without you and this whole community. I'm Gianna DiMedio. Talk to you soon.